welcome once again to another episode. I am your host and uh, it's been an interesting week once again. We spent a significant chunk of this week um, essentially getting ready for what was the US election, um, the election itself and the counting. I think this is the first time that I remember the US election taking this long to be um, projected in terms of who was going to win. And obviously part of it is the COVID scenario. Um, obviously the pandemic changing a lot of um, states' ability to vote in the in the US. Now I know obviously in Canada, we care about this because obviously Canada, uh, Canada and the US are, you know, close allies. Uh, that is Canada's biggest trading partner. Um, it is the longest continuous border in the world that is unmanned, I believe it is, or something like that. Like there's the longest connected border in the world or something strange like that between the same two countries. So the US and Canada are almost interlinked in general. So for a lot of us in Canada, we were glued to our TV because essentially this, like, this election affects our economy as well because, you know, biggest trading partner, biggest everything, like quite frankly, everything that's made in the US has some parts of it made in Canada, like software, cars, um, you know, manufacturing jobs, a lot of them cross the border to, to Canada for a little bit and then they go back into the US and then back again and back and forth. Because, you know, usually there's this economic model where Canada has a lot of um, IP. So Canada will have the IP of something and then it will get built in the US. And then obviously then China became a different model where um, whatever. But anyways, the point is Canada and the US are just interconnected and the election just, you know, references that. Now, of course, after four days of waiting and watching nervously as each vote got counted from each state and you know, got projected, you know, this was, you know, the moment that we were all waiting for at some point. I'm just going to play a little quick, quick clip, a little clip from obviously CNN when they projected that this happened, just for those who didn't get to hear it. Um, you can hear it right now. I'm just going to queue it up. Here we go. And building. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House and denying President Trump a second term. We're able to make this projection because CNN projects Biden wins Pennsylvania. The former vice president in his third run for the highest office, pulling off a rare defeat of a sitting commander in chief. With this victory, Kamala Harris is set to become the first woman and the first person of color to be the vice president. Again, CNN projects Joe Biden will become the 46th president of the United States. And Jake, he is now president-elect Joe Biden. What? And there we go. So Joe Biden, the next president of these United States of America. And of course, on the side part, Kamala Harris, the first woman, the first black person, the first Asian person as well to be vice president in the United States. Over how many hundred years there's never been a person of color in that position at all 
So we've got now a first black president. Now we've got a first black vice president. Congratulations to Kamala Harris on that. I know some people felt that she should have run for president all the way. And I think she probably will after this is done with Joe Biden. Um, I'm not sure if Joe Biden is going to run for two terms because he's quite frankly the oldest president as well to take office. Um, I believe he's 78. So he's going to be the oldest president, even older than Donald Trump. Can you imagine that? So Donald Trump was an old guy, if I'm honest. But, you know, congratulations to Kamala Harris, first of all, and also to Joe Biden. I think it has been an interesting set of days. Before I go on about democracy, because that's kind of what I want to talk about in this episode, I find it interesting, the American model of elections. I think that electoral college situation doesn't make any sense. As I sit today recording this, um, Joe Biden has gotten over 75 million votes and Donald Trump has gotten 70 uh, million, I think 70.8 million votes as we speak right now. And yet, it took four days for us to know who won because of this electoral college thing. So essentially, in every state, you have to win the state and whoever wins the states gets the votes, the number of votes from that state. So quite frankly, there are some states that people won't bother to campaign in, right? We're just going to talk about America's democracy situation. So if you are a Republican, it is there is no need to ever campaign in California because irrespective of who you are, California is always going to be blue. I mean, unless California somehow becomes a battleground state somewhere in the future, but it's highly unlikely, highly unlikely. California for the most part is going to be blue slash Democrat. It's going to vote liberals, going to vote Democrats if that's the way you want to look at it. Some states like, I don't know, um, North Dakota, Montana, if you are a Democrat, it's not worth campaigning there because they're going to vote Republican anyways. It's just a lot of Republicans. Same thing with Texas. But it's interesting that Texas was starting to lean blue because of a couple of things, which we will get into later. So as a result, there are places where Republicans won't go. There are places where um, Democrats won't go. And that does not fit the model of democracy where for the people by the people, you know, kind of thing. It doesn't fit that model because imagine if I'm trying to govern all people, but I'm just going to ignore certain people because they're not going to vote for me anyways. So irrespective of whatever my policy is, just because of the party or whoever I run behind, you're just never going to vote for me. Is that really what the expectation of democracy is supposed to be? Now, again, I, I don't know what democracy should be. I don't know the ideal. But I feel like there's something broken about that. And if you introduce the concepts of social media and all the way algorithms work in modern times, the more you group people who have a certain ideology together and reinforce that, the less likely they are to see the views of others or to come like to have some compassion or empathy for what other people are going through. So as you can imagine, if I was Republican in this election, I will feel slighted that Joe Biden is the next president. However, if I was Democrat, I would be excited that Donald Trump is out of office. Not necessarily because Joe Biden is in there. I feel like Donald Trump 
is a symptom of America uh, where like people who are the way they think feel like there's no deal breaker that necessitates removing Donald Trump, right? Like obviously the racism thing wasn't enough. The um, mocking of different immigrant groups wasn't enough. The children situation wasn't enough. The, um, you know, insulting, I can't remember who it was. I think it was like a, it was a disabled person where he was making a mockery of that too. That wasn't enough. You know, grabbing women by the whatever in the locker room wasn't enough. Um, the blatant disregard for like laws wasn't enough. Now I understand some of that. You would see it again from a different vantage point and say, if someone is going through this, 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 and that, he's a good, he's a normal person. You know, like we all have skeletons. This guy is not a normal politician. So for this reason, let's do this. You know, he gave us tax cuts. You know, he looked out for our businesses. He he doesn't come from the same ilk as the rest of, you know, all these politicians. So let's give him a chance. Let's see what he's doing. And in some regard, like he's done some things, I guess. I mean, the tax cut thing was something, I guess. Was something. He didn't, like, I think he also made us fully aware of what America's democracy was because we had to to start, like, reading up and being like, can you do that? Like, is that that okay? Like, for example, tax returns is not legally required, but it has just been, like, the courtesy thing to do where, like, oh, you know, I'm ethical. And it's like, screw this ethics shit. Like, we don't have to do this. Why do we have to do that? I'm not releasing mine. And here we are, Donald Trump is about to end his... Uh, four, four years as a president and he has not himself released his tax returns other than obviously the one exposed by the New York Times. So Donald Trump has not released his own tax returns till date, till today. And for all we know, he has cheated the system as much as possible. Obviously in one year paying $750 in taxes, which is more than, anyways, let's not talk about that. So Donald Trump about to leave office having earned 70.8 million votes to Joe Biden's 75.2. So think about that. There are still almost 71 million Americans, full grown Americans. These aren't like children. We're talking full grown people that are registered to vote still believe that Donald Trump is the man to lead America going forward. Now, from my perspective, I'm concerned because I, I, I can't understand it but that doesn't mean there aren't valid reasons. Like, I feel like there's probably some validity. Like if I was, if I, if I felt like the things Donald Trump was doing were excusable and the benefits of Donald Trump outweighed the drama, the embarrassment he was causing, like, you know, some things he said in the UN and he was like, I remember the UN speech he was given and everybody just started laughing and it was like, I didn't expect that response. And she's like, okay, that, that one is obviously a sidebar, but that that really happened. The world that he kept saying that is laughing at America literally laughed at him to his face. And he was like, yeah, cool. And obviously he rolled with it because Donald Trump is such a sales guy and a performer. But that really did happen. This guy really separated children from their parents because they were seeking asylum. This guy really did that. He put them in cages. And we saw the pictures. So it's not like as if we, we didn't see it. We saw it. He's going to try to like, you know, put up walls everywhere because, well, he, that's what he said. We're going to build the wall and Mexico will pay for it. This guy said Mexicans are rapists. Like, again, I understand that from my own vantage point, I can't fully get it. But that doesn't mean there aren't valid reasons why some other people felt he was the better candidate. 
I can't fully get maybe some boy educates me. And maybe at that point I will get it. But as of today, I don't. Now let's look at Joe Biden. <laughs> he has been a politician for over 30 years. And there have been certain accusations that he supported bills that weren't good for black people. So with that in mind, and some of the things that you know we've seen about him, like he seems like a moderate and not really a liberal in the traditional sense. He's not like an AOC, he's not, you know, a bit of O'Rourke, he's not a Pete Buttigieg, he's not, he's certainly not Bernie Sanders. Like Bernie Sanders compared to him is radical. So he's not any of those guys. And I don't expect that he will then turn around and do wonderful things for black people. I, I don't expect that in any way. I think he would just go back to whatever was there before. So in a traditional sense, we're going back from overt racism, i.e. Donald Trump, back to good old-fashioned regular racism where like people just say things and they don't allow you to get jobs. That's quite frankly where we're going back to. It's not, it's not a... Um, you know, it's not a significant jump, but at least we would rather go back to where we were than be worse off. That's just kind of what it is. Like Donald Trump emboldened a lot of racism. Um, but I, I think with Joe Biden, like he's going to go back to respectability a little bit. I don't think he will go out of his way to curb things. I don't think he will go out of his way to, you know, do reconciliation. I don't think he'll go out of his way to do reparations. I don't think he'll go out of his way to look out for, a lot of certain minorities. I don't think that's what he will do. It's yet to be seen because obviously he has the opportunity to build his own cabinet. He has the opportunity to build certain things. He's, currently, he's working on a task force for COVID because that's obviously top of mind. And obviously, you got to think about how the economy is going to recover after COVID and obviously quarantine and respecting medical things and science and reintroducing all those things that Donald Trump has gutted from the White House, understandably. But I fully expect it would just be maybe back to the end of what Obama's tenure looks like. It would not be like, okay, let's take this giant leap. I think that's just where that is going to go. Again, my thoughts. On the Kamala Harris front, um, I'm happy for her, for sure, because quite frankly, she deserved to be in that position. She deserves every accolade that's coming to her. However, similarly, she's also been on, been on the prosecution end of a lot of things. Um, but again, she's just, just doing her job, doing her job. And I, I get it. Joseph Biden will say the same thing. Funny fact, um, or at least I should say fun fact. So you remember in the clip I played earlier, his name was Joe R. Biden or R. Biden. So his name is Joseph, 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 obviously Joe Biden. The R is actually Robinette. And that to me was like, excuse me, your name is Robinette. I, I, I can see why it's just R. But anyways, like Joseph Robinette. <laughs> I, I, okay. <laughs> Joseph Robinette Biden is his name. So yeah, I can't, I can't unsee it now. It's just, yeah. Anyways, uh, meanwhile, Kamala Harris. So yeah, so she's done a couple of things in her time and I'm looking forward to what it'll be like for her. Um, she's part of a blended family, which is quite cool because at the end of the day, like it is what it is. You know, you come as you are. Um, and one of the interesting things from Canada that I was reading, like on C, I think it was when I looked her up from obviously my location in Canada, a lot of people started talking about how like her friends from when she went to school in Montreal, she went to high school in Montreal. 
were like excited because obviously their old high school mates is now vice president of the United States. And it's very interesting how like Canada tries to like, you know, find its way to be connected to, um, and obviously everybody tries to be connected to success, but Canada's interesting way of doing it was like, oh yeah, she went to school in Montreal. So, you know, and I was like, <laughs> it's a, it's a very interesting situation where it's like similar to like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. So I was like, oh my goodness, I've been to Kenya. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so Kamala Harris, yeah, was, went to school in Montreal at some point. So I guess, yeah, Canada in some way. But obviously, obviously I, I just say that just, you know, just to jest, but, um, you know, I wish her the best. Um, obviously it would be great for her at some point in, you know, in her own career to go for the, the entire thing, just go for president. I think that'd be cool. I don't think America is ready for that. I don't think America is reconciled with a lot of its like sexism, racism, all the isms. I don't think they've done a proper job of bringing that to the fore for her to go for it fully. But I'm hopeful, you know, I would love for her, for, it, for her to be the first one. I would love it if Kamala Harris was the one because it would just signal to everybody that quite frankly, any ceiling is now fully broken, right? Like we've got the first black president, then it would now be, you know, the first black female president. And obviously in addition, there would also be the first female president as well. So I'm hopeful that, you know, this can be a stepping stone to that. But even if it's not her, it can be anybody else. And I'm hopeful and looking forward to a time such as that. With that, I think, interestingly, when I think about how that election had, has gone in the US, I'm thankful that Canada did not have um, an election as well, because luckily Trudeau won his vote of confidence with the backing of the NDC led by Jagmeet Singh. So we did not have to vote in the middle of a pandemic as well, which is great, but obviously the conservatives tried it. Speaking of the conservatives this week, they tried, um, they unified against Whole Foods. So Whole Foods was banning um, the show of the wearing of poppies because they felt it was a virtual, a signaling of virtue or something like that, or the virtuous cause or something like that. And so Erin O'Toole essentially came and, you know, on Twitter and was like, we're going to um, speak to woke foods to allow wearing of poppies, which was a weird thing to say. I was like, this, this, this ain't it chief. Like, I'm sorry, this ain't it chief. But um, yeah, that's just something else to ha that happened this week. And together, you know, all Canadians um, in the entire government just came together and said, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like we are always going to respect um, veterans together. And that's something that democracy really should do. We're like, okay, we have this issue. Let's all discuss it. Yes, we all agree that this doesn't make sense. Okay, cool. As opposed to this thing where like one small group gets their way, the other small group gets their way. Like that thing, democracy in that way is always so interesting. Where like you are led by the majority in general, but it's just a weird thing for democracy. Like democracy in itself, I, I just find is a... It's a very interesting way of government. Um, you can overpower anybody if you have the numbers, right? As opposed to having a dialogue, you can just be like, yeah, so I'm not going to overwhelm you with share votes, the end. So all the other, for example, in this quick scenario, 75 million people want Joe Biden, 70 do not. But the 75 million are now going to force the 70 into their will. And that's that. And again, I guess that this is probably the best we've got. 
But I mean, if you think about that, 17 million people did not want Joe Biden. And now they have to tough it out for four years until another you know, group of people join down or switch sides to say, nah, Joe Biden, you got to go. But anyways, what better systems do we have? Um, if you have any thoughts, um, I know obviously socialism is one of the other opportunities, but that's not even really a form of government. Socialism is like how the government intervenes in private life. So I wouldn't even say that. So if it wasn't democracy, would we say dictatorship, I guess, is the better contrast? Dictatorship, where like they're just one guy or monarchy. Do we go back to that? Do we, you know what I'm saying? Like what are the better ones other than dictatorship, monarchy? I don't even think there's any other style. I feel like if I was to suggest any, I feel like there are not that many people who are educated enough to participate in democracy, right? Democracy requires that everybody participating is informed equally or adequately. And when enough people are not fully aware of the ramifications of their votes, it dumbs down the system in general, right? Because that's how a demagogue, let me just use that because that's probably easier to say, that's how a demagogue can get into office, right? If you have a doctor and you have someone who promises you candy, obviously going to take candy because it's just instant gratification and it's going to work. You know, that's what Donald Trump did. He came and said, you know, it's all these immigrants, all these immigrants, folks, they are the problem. China, China is the problem. Whereas it is more nuanced than that, right? WHO is not doing its job, so we're going to scrap it. The Paris Agreement, we are being suckers, so we're going to scrap it. We, we donate the most funds to, you know, NATO, so we're going to scrap it. It is not, like, these problems are not that nuanced, but when you simplify complicated problems to sound so trivial, and people are not educated enough to understand that, then demagogues can rise easily, and they get voted into power because, you know, you just educate them, like, you're not educated enough to make a, con a complex decision. And that is the problem for me with democracy. One, the volume of people that can just overwhelm you because if they don't know enough, and then obviously the requirements to be informed and educated about what each candidate is really talking about. I would, if I were going to make any changes to democracy, I feel like I would introduce a separate layer where people who are educated enough to make the voting happen would then happen. I feel like that would be how I would add to democracy. Okay, so there's a, there's a layer in between where, okay, so we all know that this person has a better sense of what to vote for. And I think that's part of what parliament does a little bit, where we pick those who are in a better position to understand what the government is actually doing, and then they vote on things. I feel like that's probably what it is. But unfortunately, the problem with that system is that the more of a certain type of uh, minister or MP you vote in, then you just get to pick their leader indirectly. So it's, it, there's a, man, like government, government's life is not easy. And I'm obviously well done to those who have come up with a complex solution or at least a simpler solution to democracy that does that for us. And obviously countries that run with the parliamentary system, well done to them as well. I think they're doing their best. And I think this is the best we've got so far. So can't really change democracy in a better way. But hey, it is what it is. I'm going to close off this episode right here. Um, obviously, congratulations to Kamala Harris and to Joe Biden. Um, I was going to play a song, but then I realized 
it's probably a little disrespectful and probably get pulled down from the podcast anyways because you can't play um, commercial music on your pods. But anyways, I'm going to close off this episode. I'm going to talk to you guys next week. I'm out. Peace.